0: Welcome to the Kids Ministry 101 Podcast. This is the place where you'll hear Kids Ministry experts dive deep into practical and inspirational topics to help make you the best Kids Ministry leader or volunteer you can be. On today's episode, Bill Emiot and Landry Holmes will unpack what it means to create a vision and mission statement for your Kids Ministry. So let's get started. Here's Bill Emiot. We are excited today to have in our studio Landry Holmes. Landry Holmes is a good friend to uh, Kids Ministry, good friend to LifeWay Kids. He serves as the publishing manager for all things LifeWay Kids. Anything that we have out there that's been published, Landry has read it. (laughs) Or for the most part. Right, Landry? I work with a team of people who read everything. And we we are blessed to have you on our team here at LifeWay. Landry, tell us a little bit about you. I, I know that you're a Texan, woo From uh, uh, <laughs> in
1: your heart, but, but how long have you been here in Nashville? I've been here for over 20 years. Wow. But I was told as a teenager by a, a seasoned uh, leader, he said, you know, once you have the, that West Texas sand in your crawl, you never get it out. <laughs> so I have carried that with me, uh, the sand in my crawl, all my life, but I... Uh, I'm definitely uh, call Nashville home now. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Lubbock, Texas. All right, that's flat. I've been to Lubbock. So now you know why we talk about the dust in your crawl. Yeah, I get it. Every February and March the dust is blowing.
0: Well, I happen to know your wife and she is definitely your better half. Tell us a little bit about what you two are, are up to. I know that she's on staff there in Goodlettsville.
1: Yes, she is on staff at a church in Goodlettsville, Tennessee, as preschool minister. We've been members of that church for twenty years, and for the last eight years, she's been on staff there. Awesome! And we have two grown sons and two beautiful daughter-in-laws, and three grandchildren and one on the way. Wow! So that's great. That's great. Well, we're here today
0: to talk a little bit about vision, mission, and values. In an earlier episode, Jana Magruder talked with us about a philosophy and building your philosophy. And I know Landry that you would say, without a philosophy, you don't go forward. That's where we start. But but there's something past a philosophy. A philosophy sounds really good on paper. It looks really good up on, but it but the the meat behind it is this next start. This this idea of of vision. So I know that. Um, You've talked a little bit about in the past uh, uh, where, that, where we might have a biblical reference for, for vision, and, mm-hmm. and Caleb is a great
1: representation of that. Tell us about that. All right. So the, the older I get, Bill, the more I like Caleb because he really didn't come into uh, leadership as far as we know. Uh, strong leadership until he was in his 80s. Now, I'm a long ways from being <laughs> in, in my 80s. Um, but what I remember about Caleb, and we, a lot of times he's overshadowed when we talk about it. I don't believe the Bible overshadows him, but sometimes we overshadow him with uh, Joshua. But as you remember, Moses sent out 12 spies yeah. to the Promised Land, and the two that came back to say, we need to follow through and go into the Promised Land now were Joshua and Caleb. And right. the reason that I think about Caleb is, is because Caleb was, is the one that, that tells us, you know, he told the people when they were afraid and didn't want to go, he said, let's go up now and take possession of the land because we can certainly conquer it. I and, think
0: maybe those spies had a, the wrong, 10 of them at least, had the wrong idea. I think that they thought they were going out there to decide if they could God wasn't sending them to decide. He was just sending them out there to get a look and get ready. The marching orders were to go.
1: That, that's exactly right, and that's that's why this comes to mind uh, for me when we talk about vision, because um, God gave them a vision. Now, Caleb and Joshua were the only ones that really received that vision, that really accepted that uh-huh. vision, and that was to go conquer The promised land. God's vision was for a future state. Mm. And that future state was for the people of Israel. So the Israelites were going to have, in God's plan, a wonderful life in the promised land. That was God's vision to them. Mm -hmm. This is what life is going to be like. The problem is 10 of those 12 spies led the rest of the folks to say, no, we can't do that. We can't go into the promised land so but I don't want to focus there well, I want to focus on the fact is that why did Caleb why why did Caleb receive that vision and believe that vision and it goes back to philosophy his philosophy was based on the belief that God would do what God said he would do mm-hmm. that God is all-powerful God is sovereign God is good, God is in control, and so that belief or that was his that belief was his philosophy. Right. So because he had that deep belief that philosophy that God would do what God said he would do, then Caleb was able to see the vision that God had. And that's what I want to make clear is a vision is not something we make up. That's why sometimes you'll hear people say, God, give me a vision. Because a vision is what comes from God. Mm-hmm. And it is God showing us basically the future state, his plan, oh, wow. his perfect plan.
0: So when we put that in perspective to kids' ministry, we're asking God to show us his plan, show us the future state, if you will, of and, 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 and when we develop that vision or when we hear that vision, or when we are able to articulate that vision, it's not been our vision; it's been God's vision. So we begin to see what He wants. Um, often, I tell children's ministry leaders to begin with the end in mind, and I, and, and I know that's probably attributed to someone who's not a Christian, <laughs> but. There's still a lot of good things that go with that. What is the end? What is it that you want to see in boys and girls? And you talk a bit about that a little bit when you talk about vision. What do you want to see a preschooler? Expand on that a little
1: bit. So that, again, is the future state. What do I want preschoolers and elementary children to look like? Let me back up. What does God want them to look like? There you go. What does God want a preschooler to look like when that preschooler uh, becomes an elementary child? What does God want that elementary child to look like when he or she goes into the student ministry? So I think that we, go again, go back to Scripture. You know, the Bible tells us uh, that he wants us to have a relationship with him through his son Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and to grow mm-hmm. in that relationship. So what is our vision? Our vision is that we want boys and girls to know Jesus and to grow in relationship with him. Awesome. And but we you know, and that's that that is a little philosophical. So when you think about vision, you think about let's get a little more specific. That means from a standpoint of bible knowledge, what do we believe God wants boys and girls to know? What truths do they need to know at each stage of life? Which
0: leads us right into a document that we have here at Lifeway, the levels of biblical learning. And I know you've had a lot of, uh, you've had your hand in that document a lot over the last 20 years, and, and it's evolved from, actual, well, from nothing to, it's a, a living document, and, and just this spring will be re-released with some additional content in it. That's exciting.
1: Yes. And so let me just kind of give an example so we can make this more practical. Okay. So, vision for me would be I want a younger preschooler to learn and to know, not just know with the head, but begin to internalize as best as a preschooler can, a younger preschooler, that Jesus was born. That sounds very simple. But that, my vision then is that that child will then begin to know that God sent Jesus to earth. And we're going to build on that where an older preschooler is going to know that God sent Jesus to earth as a real person. And then my vision is that that child will then grow to know when he becomes a younger elementary child that God sent Jesus to earth in human form. As that child grows and and is, um, you know, seven, eight years old, I want that child to begin to understand that God planned for Jesus to be the Savior from the beginning of time. And then I want a preteen. Before that preteen goes into the student ministry, I want that preteen to understand that God planned for Jesus to be the Savior from the beginning of time and sent Jesus to earth at the perfect time. Now, this is one example. Right. So the vision
0: is that preteen. What We want that preteen in this particular case to know about God, to know about Jesus, and even to know about salvation. But you don't start with terms like savior and, and beginning of time and perfect time. You don't start that way because a young preschooler wouldn't get that, wouldn't understand that. So it's concept upon concept, precept upon precept, growing those boys and girls. I've often said too, Landry, that that uh, kids learn best when they can build on previous knowledge. So that's this idea here with levels of biblical learning. and. And your vision. Mm -hmm. Here's my vision. My vision's out here that this is what that preteen's going to look like, and here's the steps I get to take it. I love that. But what about biblical literacy? There's also that
1: aspect of it. So biblical literacy and and Bible knowledge really go hand in hand. Part of my vision, I think, should, our (laughs) vision— Uh, I believe that God gives us is for children to um have biblical literacy, in other words, God wants the preteen to know how to use his word right in order to uh, to grow as a disciple, not always you know you know how Paul talks about in the Bible about uh about um nourishment and how the scriptures are nourishment, but he doesn't want us to stay spoon fed with just milk. But he mm-hmm. wants us to to grow in our knowledge and 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 in our understanding of Scripture. Biblical literacy helps us that do that. So he's <clears throat> like, well, what's the difference? And we don't have time to talk about the difference because they and they really blend together. But right. when I think about vision, you know, I want a child before they go into the student ministry. So here's my vision: mm-hmm. to 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 know how the Bible came about, but also know how to use it. Know about chapters and verses and. You know, genres of scripture and um, how God uses different genres of scripture or divisions of the Bible to to uh, to reveal himself to us. I want a, I want a child to be able to, to find scriptures, but also when a child is challenged, I want them to be able to use scripture because I want them to be biblically literate um, to defend their faith. Right. We call that apologetics, but mm-hmm. you can't have apologetics if you don't have biblical literacy. Right. Well, how can you do God's will if you
0: don't know God's will? And how can you know God's will if you're not, if you don't hear God's will? And how can you hear God's will if you're not reading His word? And how can you do that if you don't know how? Right. So, we want our vision to be, our, or my dream, or my vision for for these kids, my God vision for these boys and girls. Is that they are loving, growing followers of Jesus Christ, and there's ways and tools that we have out there that can help them do that. So this whole idea of vision really is, it is a God thing. God gives us the vision, and then He empowers us to fulfill that vision. Um, sometimes it requires us to be patient, like Caleb. It didn't. I mean, he had the vision, and then had to wait how many years in the wilderness? with the non-visioneers. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but <laughs> he had to wait 40 years, he had to be patient. Patience is important. I think we have to have a vision. Oftentimes I think though that, that we, we stop short of actually implementing any of all, any of this. Uh, we have a great philosophy, we have a vision, but it's the rubber meets the road at what we often call a mission statement a mission statement. I think that that's important. Uh, I think we need to be careful that we clarify and, 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 and we help people to recognize what our vision and philosophy is and and then live that out through a mission statement. Talk to us a little bit about a mission statement. Why do we, we've got a philosophy, we've got a, a, a vision, why do we need a mission statement? Isn't this just getting complicated?
1: It does seem complicated <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be. No,
0: I don't think it does
1: either. So, so I think let's just let's review very quickly in in like two sentences. Okay. So a philosophy is what you believe that God will accomplish, can accomplish, right? In your kids' ministry, a vision is a God given picture of the future state of your kids' ministry. All right. Okay. So then a mission statement. It's basically your marching orders. A mission statement states why we exist. It takes that vision and that philosophy, which are the why, and it kind of concept con, uh, puts it into more of a, a what. A what, okay? So it's a statement of why we exist. So it's the it's the really the what. Now we'll get in. Um, it's not the what as in terms of specific strategy. But... I think that I think when we talk about vision and we talk about philosophy, we have to have those as our background in order to be able to tell people this is why we exist. And so let me get can I just give you an example? Please. So so there's a church, um, uh, lots of churches have mission statements and, and based in and, and, and I want to tell you that I believe that all mission statements boil down to the mission that God has given us through his son, Jesus, when Jesus says, go and make disciples. The great commission. The great commission. That is our mission statement. The great mission statement. statement. Um, But I believe churches should contextualize that. Okay. Okay. So here's the contextualization. A church I know says, we exist to glorify God by leading people to become passionately devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Now, if you take that and break it down, it's go and make disciples right so now what does that mean for children's ministry well you can take that same statement and you can state it this way our kids ministry exists to glorify God by introducing children and families to Jesus and leading them to follow Christ so
0: you're saying to me that a kids mission statement should undergird the church's
1: mission statement, and not be hanging out there by itself. Exactly. Any mission statement of any ministry of a church should always point back to the church's overall mission statement. Got it. Well, how how would one go about developing
0: a mission statement? Are there some, some general, I mean, I know that it's not as simple as do this, do this, do this, do this, but are there some general steps, some general, some ways that we can develop our mission statements? What are some things we could do?
1: So um, it will vary from church to church, but here are just some general things. First of all, you can sit in your office and write a mission statement, and it won't mean a thing to anybody. To
0: anybody but you. (laughs) you. Well, you could have a personal mission statement, and that's fine, and we probably all ought to, but we're talking about your kids' ministry mission statement. Exactly. What You need a group of people. You need somebody. You need buy-in, and I think you do that best when you bring a group of people together to create
1: this? And I don't think you do it quickly. Um, And I I think that first of all, if you aren't already articulating a vision that God's given you and living out that vision, then getting a team together to create a mission statement is going to be an exercise, but it really will not accomplish what you want to accomplish. So if you're new to your church, I wouldn't just come in there and start doing a mission statement. I would start living out the vision God's given you Mm. and start talking to people over coffee or over, you know, a soft drink if you don't drink coffee. Mm -hmm. You know, or just conversations in the hallway as you can talk to people so that they can begin to pick up. You have a vision. You, You know in your mind what God is leading you to lead your church to do and you want them to come alongside of you what is one way that they can come alongside of you and here's one way it's by helping you develop a statement a mission statement not that's going to be in a policy manual that nobody reads
0: (laughs) (laughs) you're kidding <laughs> Nobody reads the policy. But it's right gonna be a,
1: it's gonna be an embodiment of your philosophy and your vision. Okay. So so first of all, there's some soft steps, and that is live out your vision, talk about your vision, and then help people understand. Hey, we need a way to be able to articulate this. Got it. Because we want to be able to communicate to our community and to parents and to families. And to teachers, and to leaders, and to our senior leadership at our church, this is why we exist. So mission is why we exist. So here's some steps. And, and you ask, this is a long answer to your question. <laughs> but first of all, find some of those ministry influencers. They don't all have to be Sunday school teachers or life group leaders. They could, some of them need to be. But they could also be influencers who are parents or grandparents. Right. They could be somebody who is an elder or a deacon at your church who understands and shares your vision for um, children's ministry at your church. And so, um, and these need to be, you know, some respected people, but they also need to be people who serve in the children's ministry, in the kids' ministry. Um, and then spend time with them individually and together praying and just reading scripture. I, I, your first meeting doesn't need to be writing a mission statement. Right. Um, you need to spend time reading scripture about Jesus's ministry and about the church in the Bible, and then just you know examine your church's mission statement. And by the way, if your church doesn't have a mission statement, then you can go ahead and do every, and, and and create a mission statement for. But remember that it still needs to tie in with even an unspoken mission statement of your church. But if your church does have a written mission statement, then examine it. And, in fact, I would invite the senior pastor to come in and talk about it to your group, to your right. team. And, by the way, I think this is best done if it's a, a task force or a, a, not a committee that, that you know, that, that meets all the t- – that that exists Just forever. A, this is a special task. I got you. So then, because what you're doing then is you've got this one task. You're not trying to accomplish other things. You're not trying to plan an Easter egg hunt or a Christmas or whatever. Uh, or whatever you know, event. You are coming together for a specific task or, or purpose. And then, I think it's best if you do have a church mission statement. If you don't, the senior pastor can still state what he believes the church is about. Right. And then start contextualizing that. And that's what I mean by, uh, that's kind of the example I gave. Contextualize that to where it fits kids' ministry. It fits your kids ministry vision.
0: All right. So we've gathered a team, we've gathered a, a task force. We've prayed. We've we've sought scripture. We've asked God to lead us and guide us. We 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 want to stay within the 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 vision of the church's mission statement and contextualize that with in what that looks like for kids ministry. But it's time to write this thing.
1: That's right. And so unless one person to write it. Oh, cool. One person. One person. Unless one person to write it. Now, you've done all this work. So unless one person to write it, and then as a team, and this is painful, but as a team, then team edit. Gotcha. And, uh, so
0: one person writes the draft.
1: So it needs to be a person that, that won't be offended when you start picking apart their When you start their picking their it remember.
0: all apart. All right, we've worked together. Here's the draft, and now as a team, we're going to edit this thing.
1: I always find when you're dealing with statements like this, you need one person to write the initial draft. The final draft may not look anything like the initial draft, but you always need something to start with. If not, you're going to waste a lot of time trying to to write a write a sentence as a team and then you'll end up with a paragraph and not a sentence. Right. You know. So get one person to articulate it. And and you may walk it may be you as a as the kids ministry leader. Or it may be somebody on your team that you know maybe that's not your gift but you know somebody who's a good who can wordsmith. Right. And get them to do it. Then come back together as a team after a reasonable amount of time and then edit it as a team. Once the team feels good about it, then give it to the senior pastor.
0: Yeah, for final
1: edits, you might final say. Final <laughs> edits. Let him be the, you know, the editor-in-chief. Get, well, at him. the end
0: of the day, if the pastor's
1: not on board,
0: then what was the point? It's
1: a waste of time. Right. If And the pastor may choose... To present it to the elders or to the deacons Right So that they can to do He may even support.
0: designate the work to the executive pastor or something
1: else That's fine too he, he may, he may And that's fine That's that's his choice But somebody Somebody who gives overall leadership to the church Needs to buy into this yeah. If not, then you have wasted your time You know, here's the thing All these steps that we talked about And you can make You can change them All these steps that you that we've talked about it's about buy-in.
0: Right. And you want the pastor's buy-in, and you, you need that. You, you, you really do. And then you end up with what you have your final draft and your final, you know, the consensus of the team and, and the pastor, and, and you have your mission statement. And that's when the rubber meets the road, right? That's mm-hmm. when you live it out. That's when you teach it. And that's when you begin to implement it. That's when you begin to implement it.
1: That's right. If you just e- even if you make a really pretty plaque, or you paint it on your wall? Are you are you make it really look uh, kid friendly? If it's just on a wall, it might as well just be in a policy manual. You've got to do something that lives it out. And there's there's you know and there are many things that you can do after that and, and the you know the one of the things that I think you start with next, the very next step is then articulate your values. Because your values get a little more specific.
0: Well what we value determines whether or not we accomplish our mission. Exactly. And so I think it's important. I think that's very important. Well Landry, I really do appreciate you being with us today. This is important stuff. It's not always the easy work, but it's important. It's important to put to put your philosophy and vision to work through your mission statement and, and 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 helping people understand what we value in kids ministry. I am very thankful for your influence over kids ministers, kids ministry, and Bill Emiot. I am thankful for your friendship, and I look forward to lots of conversations in the future. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. You can find more podcasts, blog posts, and other resources at kidsministry101.com. We'll see you back here next week on the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.